0: i sent you a message the other day and you didn't respond to it in typical josh fashion because that's what you do you know you you don't respond to me sometimes
1: wait it, was it
0: a message directed to me or it was, a group? It, it was me you and daniel it, hell it may have been the one uh, with me you and mitchell and daniel but i was telling you about the sandman on netflix oh i did respond to that what'd you say I said started, finished, loved it, didn't watch it. See, I thought, okay, I didn't know that was in response to that. I thought that was you doing like that shit you see on Twitter where it's like, you know, and so I thought you were asking me for a movie I started, a movie I finished, a movie I loved, a movie that whatever. And I was like, well, I started Avatar and fell asleep. You
1: did respond like that, yes. I do not know anything that happens on Twitter. I'm not on Twitter. I don't. I don't. I don't know anything. That,
0: yeah. Well, they do a lot of things like that. They'll be like, you know, what was your, what was your first movie, your last movie, your favorite movie, your worst movie, and so okay. that's what I thought you were doing. And so it's like, well, I've seen a lot of movies. Like, I could just literally pick any movie and be like, yeah, finish finished this movie.
1: No, no, no. This was just a fuck around for the Sandman because I. I have not watched any TV series based on a graphic novel. Um, Unless you want to count. And I I guess Walking Dead doesn't count. And I'm not a Walking Dead fan and whatever. But I haven't seen American Gods. I haven't seen Preacher. I haven't watched any of those either.
0: No, and and, and look, Sandman is one of those shows... Well, I'm going to tell you why I watched Sandman, or why I started it. A guy I work with who's, he's I think about 38, but he's a big comic guy and apparently has thousands of comics. He said Sandman was his favorite comic of all time. And so I was like, oh, well, did you watch the show on Netflix? And he's like, yes, I loved it. I'm like, okay. okay. That's that's hot praise. That's hot yeah, praise. Like, you're telling me this is your favorite comic of all time and you love the show? even yeah. And with like... And I'd read about some changes, no. like the changes won't affect me because I never read the comic. But yeah, I watched. I Why would you give a fuck? Yeah, yeah. But I did watch the first two episodes, and I'm like, "Yeah, this is pretty cool. I like this." And yeah, so I'm gonna finish watching it. Have you, have you read any Neil Gaiman? Um, I read most of American Gods. Okay, I've got I got volume one on like a hard.
1: Hardback that we that we found like randomly at like this um, what we call in Sweden uh, lapis where people are just selling their shit on you know
0: it's like a garage sale. But That's dude. exactly what I was about to say. You know, dude, I wish I could find a good garage sale.
1: Dude, it's it's so big here, but um. It is rare. This it's funny because side tangent. When I bought American Guides, I also bought, and this wasn't for me. I was going to gift it to Daniel, and I still have it, and it's still in like not
0: mean condition, but so if Daniel hears this really episode, good. it'll be a surprise.
1: Yeah, but we're good. He doesn't listen to episodes. He's not on. He's very. <laughs> He's very Never. egomaniac. I think he listens uh, to all of them. <laughs> yeah, we'll test him on that. Uh, I there was an Empire Strikes Back poster that I got. Same person selling it, and I saw the American Gods, and I got it. And I haven't read it yet. It's only volume one, but uh, yeah, it's called Lapis. That's what you call it. in uh, wait a minute, Swedish
0: Daniel's getting presents, and I don't get any presents. What the fuck?
1: Well, I, th- I thought of Daniel when I saw Empire Strikes Back because he's.
0: He you probably you probably walked by the fucking porta potty and like oh. That reminds no, me. No, d- no, no, no. And I
1: dug out uh, a, a turd for you from the porta potty, and I was gonna mail it to you, but you know things happened, and
0: I ended up keeping it for myself. Oh my god! I don't even know if I should tell this on here, but it just reminded me you know, and I don't normally talk about my work and I don't like to, and I, I'm not going to say where I work or anything like that because that's, you know, that's work. It's not a podcast. Our six listeners, <laughs> but, but man, oh my God, this story is worth fucking telling. So as it worked the other day and I do work in retail, I'm a, I'm a manager in retail. So I go to the restroom, get ready to go to lunch and I, you know, go to the restroom, I take a piss and wash my hands I go and I grab a bottle of water and I jump in line to check out. And there's a little gap between this. It's not like instantaneous. There's probably like a 15 minute gap between when I went to the restroom and get to get my bottle of water. Well, anyways, I get in line and I'm, uh, I'm behind somebody and I'm sitting there and I'm just like, something stinks. I'm <laughs> like, man, something <laughs> smells like shit. <laughs> and I'm not paying attention to what's going on in front of me. I'm just like, fuck dude. This is horrible. And I start paying attention and I hear the customer talking to the cashier and he's like, yeah, you need to have somebody look at the men's restroom. And she's like, why? He's like, yeah, somebody made a mess on the floor. And they're like, oh, maybe that's what it is. Maybe I smell the restroom because the restroom's not too far from the register at that point. Dude walks away and the smell lessens. And I walk up, and I'm like, yeah, what was he saying? And she's like, yeah, he said that somebody made a mess on the bathroom floor. And then I look back, and I swear to God, I see like the customer kind of shake his leg on the way out. (laughs) So I'm like, well, fuck. You know, I'm one of the managers. Like, I go check this out, right? I can't. So I go to the men's restroom, and right there on the floor, in front of the bathroom door, on the carpet, is some – diarrhea shit that's chunky and it smells so fucking bad I almost threw up right then and there and then when you open the door there's like three other piles of it oh Jesus
1: The story keeps getting worse so,
0: and then it was on the toilet too oh man it was horrible was this an old guy uh older than me so maybe like 50 or something I don't know but not no, not like not like old like a person where you think couldn't me may have issues controlling themselves. Yeah. no, but yeah, in the carpet, in the yeah. fibers. Yeah, yep, and ah. Uh, uh. <laughs> Somebody walks up to use the restroom and they look on the ground they see it and they just, without missing the beat, they just fucking turn, like, not even stop and just make a U and head on off the other way. That's
1: when you use the women's restroom.
0: Oh, man. But, yeah, it was was horrible. But, anyways, yeah. So, I'm going to... I will say, like, a couple reasons why I didn't finish American Guys is, one, it was on a nook. And... You know, I banked on the wrong e-reader at the front of that. You know, thank Boom. God I didn't buy. Thank God I didn't buy anything from Borders, right? No, uh, but I had had a Nook, and I don't know where it's at who, who put out Nook, Barnes and Noble. Okay, so now, like everybody else in the country, I have a Kindle, Paperwhite that I read my digital books on. That's a humble I'm, brag. And the other thing is I'd like, and I liked the book that I was reading. I liked American Gods for what I read, but it's also, he's kind of like, um, Clive Barker for me.
1: It's so funny. You say that I can read it. I can read
0: it, but it doesn't necessarily like hook me like the way some other authors do. Like some, some things you just read, man. And like, you know, I've been a, I'm a big fan of the book, The Given Day, with Dennis Lehan. You know, we've, you and I have talked about this before. And like when I started reading that, you know, and it's like historical fiction, and some people are like, oh, that sounds stupid. But dude, when you start reading that book, man, you're just drawn in and you're like, oh man, I gotta keep reading this. I gotta keep reading this. That's Um, Dennis Lehan for you. But yeah, I started, you know, I started reading The Dresden Files by Jim Butcher, and it was just meant to be like a one, you know, like I would read one between like other things I was reading. And I just kind of got hooked in, and I'm like, oh shit, I'm 10 books in now. And I'm, I'm not that way with like Gaiman or Clive Barker. I can read them, but it's not like I got to see what's next. Like, you know, I finished a given day and I'm like, oh, well, let me, you know, Live by Night's out. Let me get Live by Night. And then Live by Night was kind of a disappointment, but it's like, well, let me go and read Mystic River and Shutter Island and things like that. And you're like, these books are so good. No. And
1: speaking of Clive Barker, I'm- I've never read anything about Clive Barker. Um, And... uh, If I have to be honest, I've never seen any Hellraiser movie, including the original, which is the one he wrote and direct. But... uh, I have been on a kick of watching The Last Drive-In. And the last episode of the last season, again... You know, I'm in Sweden, so I'm not getting this shit frequent. Was Nightbreed, and they showed the uh, the director's cut of Nightbreed, and I'm not sure if you what's your history with Nightbreed, if you've ever seen it or
0: are even familiar with it I, hybrid is i'm familiar with it and i've started it like five six seven eight nine times
1: <laughs> no it is it took me and this is with the last drive in. this is with joe bob you know yeah it took me like four times just stopping it and then coming back yeah to it.
0: I, I don't want to and i will say though that like with with night breed it's not necessarily that i started it and didn't finish it because i was bored i think i just started watching it each time i started watching it was like the absolute worst time to start watching it like going back to what you had said earlier when i misinterpreted your text when you're like started it and i was like oh yeah i started avatar i didn't finish avatar because i was bored and i know that no. that's gonna like some people are gonna like Avatar was great. To me, Avatar was a gimmick. It was 3D, and it was a boring movie, and I didn't care for it. Um, at some point, I will get back around to finishing Nightbreed, Breed, but go ahead.
1: No, it was just funny because uh, that's been my only uh, sort of path into Claude Barker outside of I think I'd seen Lord of Illusion in the theater when it was out in the theater in 95. You know, yeah. it's got bacula. Um But yeah, Nightbreed is... its God, I wouldn't even know how to rate Nightbreed, honestly.
0: Even seeing the director's cut, even seeing his vision, because it's so... Clive Barker is... His shit can be out there. There's two things. There's one book I read that I finished, and there's one book I started in that I got like halfway through, and I'm just like, I can't. And the first book was called The Thief of Always, which I think was actually meant to be like a children's book, but it's like time vampires or something like that. It was an interesting read. I finished that one. The other one, though, was I guess supposed to be like his magnum opus, and it was the Great and Secret Show. And I just got so far into it, and I was like, "I'm good, like I don't even care." Ah, oh, doesn't th- that
1: that is the worst feeling when you've invested so much time, and
0: you're just like, "I don't, yeah, I don't care where this plot goes." That's some things you'll start and you'll you'll keep reading or watching or listening or whatever just out of like, well I've started it and so I've got to finish it type mentality because that's how I'll do things.
1: A completionist
0: um, mentality with books, anyways. Like video game, you know me no. with video games, man. I'll get like seventy percent through and be like, I'm good. I don't need to see the ending. I've no. done what I need to do. I can see where this is going. But with books, it's different. I'll generally if I start reading one, I'll finish it. And, like, I've had to – I don't want to say I have it happen often. I'll say one of the worst experiences I had with books, though, was um, The Inheritance Cycle, which was supposed to be a trilogy, which was Christopher Paloni. Did you ever watch that movie, Aragon? No. All right. Because I figured you had read the book. Somebody that I used to work with kept telling me to read Aragon. He's like, oh, man, Aragon's good. This kid, he wrote it when he's like 16 or 17, you know, but it's fantasy. You'll enjoy it. And I read it and I'm like, this book's horrible. Like, I mean, this, this sucks. And I know we've talked about it before because I told you my problems with it where I felt like it was just, it was like the plot of Star Wars, but told in fantasy, mm. but and not as good. And so the second book came out and I read it because I read the first book. And I'm like, well, I've already read this, so I need to like finish the story. And Eldest was a little better than Aragon. I'm like, okay, maybe he's gonna improve as a writer. But then Bersinger came out, and I got like a third into that book, and I'm like, nah, I'm good, bro. I'm out. <laughs> Fuck this series. And there was another book to come after that, so I was just like, well, let me look up Wikipedia and see what happened. And I think part of my problem with that book was like, just in case anybody that's listening to this wants to know why I didn't finish it, is, dude fell in love with like elves, and the way that he would write about like elves in the book was very, I don't, maybe this isn't the way to describe it, but it was almost like a Pornhub fantasy. Yeah, where shocking. Everything, Sorry. yeah, everything about the elves was better than everything ever. You know, they were better smithers than the dwarves. They were better at this than humans. They were, like, anything that was ever done in the history of humanity, they were better at. They were better looking and blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, man, are you jerking off when you're to the elves when you're writing this? Like, come on. There's got to be some character flaws, or these characters aren't interesting. And... It just yeah. I don't know it it read like fan fiction, and I know there's people that love it, you know, and whatever I'll die until this book sucked, yeah, well, he shouldn't give a shit, he made his money, and then you but you've spent at this point like two and a third books worth of your life reading his trash,
1: oh. you know embarrassingly enough like there's a couple of books in my past that there's one book in particular that I have started and not for any reason that can be placed at the the feet of blame on other than than me is um I've got the Border Trilogy by Cormac McCarthy that I got for my birthday like years ago and I've read Cormac you've read Cormac you know uh I think I've read three Cormac novels and this one Which three have you read? I've read
0: The Road, No Country and uh Cities of the Plain. Okay, I've read uh The Road. I didn't finish No Country for Old Men because it was just like the movie.
1: Uh, there were slight differences, but... Slight, yeah, it, very, very slight. It varies, but it was also yeah. written as a screenplay. Well, Chigurh and um, Llewellyn actually kind of meet, if I remember correctly. Uh, but yeah, and Cities of the Plain was really good, and it's a part of the Border Trilogy. And I just... For whatever reason, like, and it's not that the story's bad, like, I've gotten deep enough into it, I just, I give up on it, which is not, for in my mind, it's
0: not, like, a Cormac problem, that's a Josh problem. Isn't, like, All the Pretty Horses, though, supposed to be almost kind of, like, a more romantic, I don't mean, like, romance novel, but romantic 'Cause like when you read uh, The Road, the Road is bleak.
1: Yeah, the road's bleak. No country's bleak. Uh Cities of the Plain sorta of takes that route. Uh it's ultimately uh if I remember correctly, it's been fifteen years since I read it. Uh it's more of a love story. And I think uh All the Pretty Horses
0: is, is a part of the Border trilogy. Yeah. It's the first one I think.
1: Yeah, okay, then that's the one that um Yeah, so
0: because I think it's that Cities of the Plain and Blood Meridian. No, Blood uh, Meridian if, is if, not if Blood Meridian is not one of them. Okay, then what is it? Because I was about to say, because it's funny you bring up Cormac McCarthy. Because I just within like the last, I think, two weeks purchased Blood Meridian and started mm-hmm. it. Blood Meridian isn't a book that you can read if you're like slightly tired. I don't know if you've read Blood Meridian yet, but the way that McCarthy writes that book, it's it's a tough read. Like you really have to like be focused and kind of stay on top of things. And I think each time I pick it up, I've probably slept like five hours the night before, and so I just find myself struggling <laughs> and having to reread sections. So the story's good, but I'm just I'm having a hard time because I keep trying to read it while I'm tired, and and that's never the way to read anything. But I keep fucking that up so but yeah as far as the border trilogy though I, I pulled it up and it's it's all the pretty horses the crossing in cities the of the plain crossing okay yeah the
1: crossing yeah okay I, I, I was con- I was wrong I thought Blood Meridian was but yeah Cormac he's got a very specific style supposedly Blood Meridian is the great American novel Cormac has a has a couple of those under his belt that people have said now, uh, who am I to argue? I've, I've enjoyed quite a few of his books, but the funny story with, uh, Cormac, and I was thinking about it the other day and, you know, I tend to live my life in shame.
0: A quarter of a mile at a time.
1: A quarter. <laughs> 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 yes yes to are like like i i don't i don't bask in the good experiences of life i like to dwell on my embarrassing moments and one of the ones here recently and i want to say like in the in the past decade that i'm just like ugh, josh you fucking you're such a dork uh me and daniel uh uh, the guy from this podcast, Daniel Sanders. We went to Nashville to see a Chadwick Stokes uh, concert. And, um, and it's so funny. It's so funny. Cause I would not even think
0: about this. Normally I would fuck with you and give you shit about me not going, but I'm pretty sure y'all invited me and I had to work.
1: Oh, I'm sure you were invited and you know, Sean our buddy Sean or, Ex buddy, I I still love him. I hope he's doing okay. Sean was supposed to go. Sean Soriano. Oh
0: yeah, no, yeah, because we went to Pearl Jam, dude. Yeah. Sean was fun.
1: Yeah, uh, Sean was supposed to go, and then he backed out because it was like bad weather, like uh, slick roads. You know, like in the South, that means death trap. Yeah. And <clears throat> so we we go to this concert and. Like I said, I wouldn't remember it now if I didn't become such a huge, huge fan of this band. But the band that opened for Chadwick Stokes was a band called Big Thief, who, I mean, just in the indie scene, they're amazing and they're so good. And at the time, nobody knew who the fuck they were because they hadn't even released like an EP. And they get up there, and they were late. They were the opening act, near running late, and so the lead singer is Adrian Linker, and her songwriting partner is Buck Meek. And so they get up there, and Buck Meek's talking, and this was like during a massive like winter storm in Nashville. Um, there was just ice all over the roads. And and if you're not familiar with the southern parts of, if you're not familiar with below the Mason Dixon line in in America, when it gets ice on the roads, motherfuckers pull over. They ain't fucking with that shit.
0: Oh, dude, we had a last year, the year before last, where it was when COVID was at its peak. Because I remember I had to quarantine because I was exposed. I didn't catch it at the time. I have had COVID. Um, I got the, whatever the first variant was. Thankfully for me, it wasn't too bad, but I had it. But I was exposed before that and I had to quarantine. And during that, the ice storm happened. It's when Texas had like the big winter storm and it carried over to Mississippi and Louisiana. And Flowood had sheets of ice on the road for like, and I mean sheets. And I mean like you could literally go out and ice skate on this shit. It was like a hockey rink. But yeah, Flowood was shut down for like four days, dude. Yeah, yeah. Motherfuckers don't fuck with that. And that's something that people... I, I had to get out and drive on it, though, every day. Uh, because my district manager wanted me to go by the store and check on it. <laughs> and So I'd come sliding into the parking lot.
1: Well, in all fairness, you could have walked.
0: In all I had, fairness. I had my Jeep at the time, too, so it wasn't that big of a deal. But
1: Okay, just the humble brags this episode. But
0: anyway, so Big
1: Thief finally comes out. They're like, And Buck Meek, uh, he makes a comment. He's like, yeah, it looks like a Cormac McCarthy novel out there. And I'm like, that's cool because I know Cormac McCarthy like a fucking (laughs) (laughs) deuce. So after the show, after Chadwick Stokes uh, plays, you know, there's Big Thief, they're selling their merch and they're behind the table cause they're independent and there's Chad Stokes and he's selling his merch. And I go and I buy a couple of EPs from Adrian linker and her EP with bug meek, which are fucking fabulous. Uh, can't recommend them enough. Uh, just beautiful music. And I remember, like, I'm like, hey, that's cool. And I remember I look at Bug Mick, I'm like, Hey, dude, I like your Cormac McCarthy reference. (laughs) 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 Like, like, are we bros now? (laughs) We both like Cormac McCarthy? (laughs) And I remember, like, to this day, like, what a fucking dork, Josh. Oh,
0: my God. You've, um... Okay, I'm like two, ten years older than this guy, too. Like, <laughs> two things. Two things I want to say about this. First off, uh, let me ask this part first before I forget it. So, you said Chad Stokes was selling, you know, his merch and stuff. So I remember when we mm-hmm. went and saw State Radio in New Orleans. You know, they were they were all about like, you know, if you don't have any money, don't worry about it. Like, here's a CD. Was he still doing that? Not, uh, not that I recall. I don't, I don't, I don't remember that. Which I thought was cool because I remember because we'd bought shit from them at that show and we're like, you know, we've got some money, so we're gonna pay. But that's really cool that like you're hooking people up that may have drove down here to see the show that don't have any extra cash to get like a CD or whatever. I
1: don't even remember that occurring uh, until don't. now. Like, no, not
0: at all. That always stood out my mind because that was always just like. Because this is the first time I've ever been to a show where somebody did that. And you're like, "Hey, yeah, we got CDs for sale and stuff like that, you know." But if you don't got any money, don't worry about it. That's insane. Yeah, that, I, I I do not recall that. Yeah, but since you brought up embarrassing shit, you remember the second time we went to see State Radio in New Orleans <laughs> and I offered to carry their gear up because we were drunk. <laughs> like we were outside the House <laughs> of Blues and we were fucked up, and I was like, "Yeah, you need some help carrying your stuff up? We can help you." And they're like, "No, we're good." <laughs> but that was also to be fair that was also the show that like like a bunch of fucking nerds on our way to new orleans i don't even know if we've told this on this uh, podcast before but fuck it i'll tell it again if you've heard it you're hearing it again on our way down to see state radio and i think it was um 2000 it was either 2017 or 2018 no, not 17 or 18. No. 2007 or, eight, 2000, seven or eight. 2007 or yeah. 2007 or 2008. We're all in fucking Michael's van. It's me, yeah. you, Daniel, Courtney, and Michael and like a bunch of fucking nerds. We're like, man, in case they ask us if we have any requests, we should all have a song ready to go. <laughs> And so we're we all like and it was like let's make sure we don't ask for the same song. So we all get our songs and we're discussing it with each other. You know, each one of us all five of us have a different song. And when I'm over there offering to carry up their fucking gear, they're like, "Hey y'all got any requests?" Cuz I think it was Chad Stokes. He's like, "Y'all got any requests?" And we're like, "What?" And it's like, "This yes. is our moment." <laughs> yeah. Our planning has come. It's going to pay off. It's like, this is what we've been waiting for our entire life of this three-hour trip down here. And yeah, we gave them like five songs, man. And I remember because I requested State Inspector, which is if you've ever like played PlayStation, well, you know it already. But like my screen name on PlayStation and other platforms is State Inspector. And that's where it come from was that song. And they're like, well, which version do you want? And I'm like, it doesn't matter. And they're like, all right, man, cool. And then everybody gave their songs. And they played every one of the songs that we requested.
1: Oh, I mean... Jesus Christ! Uh, look, uh, I guess you know if you're going to title this episode anything, you can title it "fucking black phone." But yeah, let's just go off on a tangent on Chad Stokes because um he he's been a favorite artist of ours, and I say ours, it's it's almost like ownership amongst our friend group which is a beautiful thing if you ever have that uh to where all your friends sort of gravitate to this one artist and chad stokes you know even more so than pearl jam is our artist when i say our i mean mine bone daniel our late friend uh rest easy Michael Aaron drew and it he's it, been that artist for us and I remember that at that Nashville show God bless Daniel uh, you could pay some money to have a meet and greet yeah. and with Chad Stokes at the end of the show yeah. and you could win the meet and greet Depending on how many times you donated money, and 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 I might be wrong about no, it was, I, th- I think it was money, but no, when Chad Stokes, it was probably all going to charity. I'm actually 100 percent sure it was. I mean, it seems like that's and so, right. So, yeah, would so I've, Daniel without even being there. No, yeah, I mean that's just the guy he is. So Daniel wins. So me and Daniel get to meet Chad Stokes after that Nashville concert. After I was like, "Dude, i like the Cormac McCarthy reference." <laughs> hey, bro, I read too. You know. Uh, so I meet, so me and Daniel meet Chad Stokes, and just to paint a picture, um, before even Big Thief came on, I started drinking like Jameson, <laughs> pretty heavy. So when I finally got to meet Chad Stokes, I was I was pretty fucking amped and drunk. And I just sit there for 10 minutes talking music to him. And it was just this moment I'll never forget because he was so down to earth. And again, uh, to reiterate, he was our artist and cut to this was probably like March of that year and you cut to like June of that year, I go to meet my girlfriend now who's Swedish. We had to meet in Berlin and we spent like four or five days in Berlin. And just so happens that Chad Stokes is playing in this small club in Berlin. And I had turned my new, you know, uh, baby mama on to Chad Stokes and she loved him. She was like, Fuck yes, let's go. And this club was so small that the artist had to walk through the crowd to get to the stage. There was no other way to get to the stage. And my back's to him. And this was like three months later. And he passes me. And then he looks at me and he's like, hey, what's up, man? Like, he, he remembered me. And it, it, it was honestly like, one of these moments I'll never forget in my life because it was, it was so special. And he did a meet and greet after that show, you know, and his, his interaction with me was very brief. He was like, Hey, how you doing? And I'm like, yeah, it's fucking crazy. I'm here. Right. Berlin. Um, and following you. Yeah. I mean, he, he should have remembered me from like,
0: remember that Cormac McCarthy reference. (laughs)
1: hey you're a loser (laughs) no I read I read Chad Stokes Uh, but uh, yeah at the meet and greet he was like you know he was so like cordial and just a gentleman Um, and like I couldn't sit there and speak to him because there was a pretty big line for him actually Uh, but yeah Uh, Chad Stokes uh, he's he's doing so much dispatch now, and I just won't I just as a fan, I want him to go back to state radio. That's what I was gonna say, and or solo stuff, man, because that's I that's
0: want more state radio. Um, yeah, I was or solo stuff. I I like state radio probably the most out of the three. I just like I was listening to Rabbit and Rebellion recently the commentary edition Mm -hmm. which you can find on itunes it is like in like each album is different and they're like there's a there's a state radio sound like there's a dispatch sound Mm -hmm. but the but the albums are all different from each other and dude like you know they're all good Uh, and i haven't even ever i haven't even like Rationalized it in my mind as to which one I liked the most. I just remember listening to Rabbit in *Rebellion* recently and being like, "Oh man, this was such a good fucking album."
1: It, yeah, and it so was pulled, low key
0: good. Yeah. yeah. Then I pulled my vinyl out that we all pre-ordered that was autographed, and I just look at it and caress it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Gently jack off on it.
0: Mm. Yeah. No, not uh, on, not on the record, no, Josh. No, no, Josh. No, 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 no. You're a professional. You're a professional. Last. The last thing I want to say about State Radio since you, you had that story. This is just the last story about this oh, that first concert we went to.
1: Oh, that first concert was
0: epic. That-, that was yeah, so that was um that was right after I got married the first time. You and Michael and Aaron went down previously. Yeah. Drove down the day before and stayed. Aaron picked up some random girl. I remember when I come to the hotel room and I come in you're like yeah just come on up and i come into the hotel room and i'm like whoa wait a minute who the fuck is this other person nope. anyways we go to the show you know we're, we're we're there early you know hell i think we speak to him outside that day too i don't think we offered to carry up their <laughs> shit though um i'm sure we did but we yeah we had spent the day like on bourbon street drinking. no so. look
1: look let, let me just cut you off and i'm sorry i, I know i have a tendency to do that um We all took pictures in front of their van.
0: Oh yeah. No, I still got this picture somewhere. No, uh
1: the picture of Michael. Yeah, where he's
0: double pointing.
1: Yeah, that's on
0: like my uh my uh stand. I think that's on my Facebook page actually. That's on my bedstand, yeah. So we framed. Yeah, we spend a day on Bourbon Street drinking. We're walking around all these different bars, or whatever. We we come back to the House of Blues. We're in line waiting because you know, like we got to get ahead of the crowd of like sixty thousand, and it's not that big of a crowd. But in our minds, you know, we want to be front because this is like, like you said, this is our band, and we want to be at the front of it. So we get there early. We're hanging out in front of the House of Blues, waiting and stuff. And I'm pretty sure we met them that day also. But they open up, and we go upstairs and. We're there at the front, and they're fucking playing. And the drummer. And hang on. Go ahead. I, again, I apologize,
1: but I'm an asshole. Yeah, there's no but, doubt about that. But I have to. I have to paint a picture to whoever the fuck is listening. Um, everybody in our friend group is normal height.
0: Bone is 6'3", well, six, six, But this was coming into the story actually that I was telling. Six three standing front row, front fucking row. Well, you know row. what? If those people wanted to be front row, they should have got there earlier. So, <laughs> so yeah. Anyways, yeah, we're front. We're we're dead ass in the front center, and, and I can't remember. I can't remember how to say the last name right now. But the drummer's name was Mike, right? And you know, he's sitting there playing the fucking shit out of the drums and everything. And at some point, he, like, cracks his drumstick, so he throws it to the crowd. And I don't know if you remember this, but, like, we talked about this afterwards. He throws it, and I tiptoe that bitch, and I catch it with the tip of my middle finger reaching backwards. I look like Odell back when he you know, he was still really good. And I pull that bitch in one-handed, and you can just, like, hear a groan from the crowd behind me. Or at least that's how I remember it. And then, like after the show, they're they're at their table and they're selling the merchandise. And this is when they're like, "Yeah, you can get free shit." Like, we just want you, like, we want to help people out that maybe not have the money. And we're like, "That's cool. We got money. We'll pay for it." I was like, can you uh, sign my drumstick? Can you guys sign my drumstick? And they're like, "Yeah." And I remember this because the drummer's like, he's like, "I like your shirt. I was wearing the Marvel zombie shirt," which I've held on to this because of that compliment. But I had a Marvel yeah. zombie shirt on. He's like, yeah. He's like, I saw your shirt, dude. He was like in the front row. And it's like I was sitting there trying to like see all the different characters on there. He was like, I saw it when you caught that drumstick. I thought I threw it pretty high. But you just reached up and snatched it out of the air.
1: That's so cool, man. And then I That's stole so set cool. At- <laughs> the set list.
0: Which the set list I have framed, it's in our – because the other part of this is, and I guess before I tell about the set list, there was two set lists. There was one that was taped to the stage. That I think that Daniel like run up on the stage and grabbed after the show was over, like, was like a fucking ninja just climbed up there as smooth as could be snatched this set list. And another one was on like the, uh, where they, I guess the soundboard or the mixer. And I mm-hmm. reached over and I grabbed it, but we took a picture and it was me, you, Michael Daniel. Oh, yeah. It's a fabulous picture.
1: And you should post it to the uh, very uh I, Instagram. I, can,
0: I can put it on the Instagram. And it was supposed to have Aaron in it, but Aaron was off with this girl that he had met. and like, Homeless chick. They were apparently in the process of falling in love, and she was talking about coming back to Mississippi with him. And he was nowhere to be found. So we took, we all took this picture and it actually has the Marvel zombie shirt in it. But, and I'm looking at it now cause it's on my wall. So it was Courtney, then it was Chad Stokes. Then it was me. Then it was you. Then it was the drummer. Then it was Daniel. Then it was the, uh, bass player, Chuck Faye, right? Yeah. Okay. Then it was yeah. Michael. And then nowhere to be seen was Aaron. And then years later, Aaron photoshopped himself leaning in to a copy of the picture. Which was, just, uh, and he was so much bigger than everybody else in the picture. So it was, yeah. Well, props to Aaron for photoshopping
1: it, but it was it was. He should have been quite in the funny. No,
0: he. But he would have messed up. It was pretty symmetrical the way it was. Like it's. A, it was
1: so symmetrical.
0: I don't like to you know just say things were perfect, but that was pretty much the perfect picture.
1: It was. It and it captured a a moment. Um. In our lives, that you know, you know, I, I, you know, it's hard not to look back at the past and sort of
0: let me me tell you what the set list was at night in case you don't remember because I'm looking at it. So, oh, please, it was Democracy in Kind.
1: Just pull it off the wall because I can barely
0: hear you. It off the wall, it'd be hard to get back up there. Democracy in Kind, Russian yeah. Guantanamo, uh, waitress calling all crows, state inspector held up by the wires, man in the hall. Um, oh my god, I'm gonna fucking I can't remember then. Is a Skater Ron? Uh it's Dr. Ron. on here it says ska Ron. That's why it says Skater. Yeah, yeah. it's the ska good. version of Dr. Ron. PTOP. I'm just drawing a blank all of a sudden. PTOP? Mm-hmm. Power to the people? It may be. No? I don't know. P T O P it may be it. Then Arsenic and Clover, CIA, Gang of Thieves, Gunship, and a Cameo
1: And you know what? I mean, for anybody who who's listening to this podcast who who isn't familiar with Stay Radio, I I highly encourage
0: That's a pretty everyone. solid fucking set list too.
1: I did not realize that this that this took place after Let It Go, the album. That's
0: No, it didn't.
1: It's Dr. Ron the Actor, Calling All Crows. I guess those were new songs That they were introducing
0: Yeah, because it was uh, That first concert was after The
1: uh, Calling All Crows No, not Calling All Crows um,
0: uh, Fall of the American Empire Yeah Cause
1: oh, No, it, it, the, the album wasn't called Fall of the American Empire The album was called Year of the Crow
0: That's right, Year of the Crow But I know they like to play other songs that they were working on. I'm pretty sure that that's a set list from the first one. Because the the second time we saw them, um, it was an acoustic set, remember? Yes, because... uh, One of them was sick. Yeah. And that's when we had all of our requests. I don't, remember what song. I don't remember what songs y'all requested. I remember what song I requested.
1: I pr- I, I, oh, knowing
0: on. me, I probably requested Keep Sick." Yeah. But they were both kick-ass shows, and it was a great time. And if you can go see a Chadwick Stokes show, I would recommend it. And Chadwick Stokes, if you listen to this podcast by chance, um, we would love oh, a new...
1: Zero chance, but... We'd look,
0: love a new state radio. You, Anything? If you... Just but a song. honestly,
1: if, if if you feel the need to just, you know, if you're not familiar with Dispatch, check out Dispatch.
0: If Chadwick Stokes, if you're listening to this podcast and you need us to carry your gear for you, let us oh, know. Oh, fucking free of charge, babe! We'll we'll carry your <laughs> your guitars and your amplifiers, and we'll talk about Cormac McCarthy. <laughs> <laughs> Did you read? I'm, I know how to read. Uh, speaking so, of reading. Yeah, I was going to say, speaking of reading, have you ever read any Joe Hill?
1: Fuck no, and I'm not gonna now, okay?
0: I've read have most you? of... Have you? I've read most of Nosferatu. Um I can't remember why I didn't finish... It wasn't that I hated the book. I th- oh, I know what it was. I was actually had it from the library and I, I had to take it back and I just didn't recheck it out. I've read a decent amount of Stephen King, which is Joe Hill's daddy.
1: Yeah. Okay. Okay. So let's. Okay. Let's start with Joe Hill. Let's start with Stephen King. Um.
0: You don't. So how much you don't joke? read anything that's not Cormac McCarthy. So you've probably never read. <laughs> no, I, I, Joe Hill. I don't read the internet unless
1: Cormac McCarthy wrote the fucking article. It, it's Cormac or McCarthy or bust for me. Okay. No, but okay. Uh, in all seriousness, uh, have you read? What have you read by Joe Hill? Because this was a short
0: story. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually, I don't know that I've actually. No, I just started Nasratu. I think that's it. Um, and once again, I don't think it's anything against him as much as. I have read a decent amount of Stephen King and. It's almost like. Comfort food in a way, maybe, as far as reading. I haven't read anything recently, but I'd read uh, Mr. Mercedes. I'd read – well, hold on. I, I have to pull up like a list of books to be able to tell you what I read. Let me see. Do-do-do-do-do. Uh, Get out of my way. Scott Derrickson, we'll talk about you in a minute. Ethan Hawk. I here we go. Here we go. And I think what it is, I think maybe one of the reasons why I've uh, haven't read as much Joe Hill. You put a lot of stank on that. (laughs) I like. I like. I know people are going to be like, oh, you know, Stephen King or whatever. Some people like him, some people don't. I like the way that um, he writes. I like the way he builds his characters. The endings, like that's a very valid, you know, point. Like his endings kind of suck sometimes. But recently, I've read, hold on, these are, screw- goddamn Wikipedia is being a bitch. Okay, here we go. I've read Joyland, Doctor Sleep, Mr. Mercedes, Revival, The Outsider. So instead of reading Joy, or not Joy, instead of reading Joe Hill, I read those books. I read Under the Dome, which I really liked. I, I really enjoyed Under the Dome up until the end. But there's this, I don't know, for whatever reason, I just haven't read Joe Hill. Like I said, I started Nosferatu and then I quit reading Nosferatu. He also did some comics. He did Lock and Key, which I think was made into a series on Netflix. haven't watched it. Oh, he did that book horns, which was turned into a movie starring Daniel Radcliffe. You know, I think, uh, Daniel Radcliffe was trying to get away from like the Harry Potter, you know, stigma He also yeah. did in the tall grass with his father, which was released as a Netflix original film. So now I have, I haven't actually read anything completely from Joe Hill. But you read The Outsider. Is that Joe Hill or is that Stephen King? That's Stephen King.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I watched the uh, HBO series and it was like most Stephen King works, intriguing up to a point. Um, very, very lackluster ending. As you said, uh, I think that's... Uh, I haven't read... I've only read one Stephen King novel. And, I, and I'm sure I've discussed it on this podcast. Because anytime I read something, I have to be like, i predict read it. But it was a Stand. Um,
0: You've you've read two books in your life I've only read two You've read The Stand and you've You've read an unnamed Cormac McCarthy novel (laughs) Which I'm assuming uh,
1: He was referring to the rogue I'm assuming But I do not know Uh, (laughs) I love your Cormac McCarthy reference I don't even know what it is
0: But, <laughs> Yeah, Joe Hill, though, son of Stephen King. Stephen King, a pretty famous writer. Most people have heard of him. Um, all right. Yeah. You know, and this isn't a knock on Joe Hill at all, and I don't mean it to sound, and it may sound that way when I say it, but Stephen King. You're off to
1: a bad start. <laughs> I know.
0: Stephen King's other pen name is probably more famous than Joe Hill. <laughs> He picked the most
1: goddamn I mean, what is his Christian name? I don't I don't know. Probably
0: probably Judge Joe King. Hillstrom King.
1: Okay, so it's Joe King. It's Joe King. And he picked Joe Hill from the
0: middle name. Okay. Well, I could probably see why. Seeing how um well I'd probably I don't know. I maybe would have went with Hillstrom. That's a cooler sounding name. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean look, I get you, him, you, I get go ahead. I get
1: him not wanting to follow in his Well no I you mean, can't You can't
0: have your fucking pen name be Joe King and then people say it fast and it's joking. Yeah, which was what this movie is. Fuck you. Um but yeah Richard Bachman, probably more famous than Joe Hill.
1: Yeah, and
0: you know but right. Joe Hill has a pretty fucking high success rate as far as having shit that he's written turned into film or television
1: no yeah Uh followed after his father I mean like I mean outside of the dollar babies which you know Stephen King was famous for Joe Hill I mean he gets his
0: money off of, um, well, let's see, turning this shit into ad- adaptations. Yes. He's he's not as prolific as his father, though. He doesn't write as fast. Like, you know, Stephen King would just be cranking shit out left and right. Joe Hill's bibliography isn't that deep. But yeah, In the Tall Grass was made into a Netflix movie. Horns was made into a movie. Nosferatu was made into a TV show. Uh, The Black Phone, which was based off a short story, Lock and Key was turned into a, series on netflix i mean yeah he's uh and it looks like the, the black phone was off of uh 20th century ghost which was a collection of short stories
1: okay good remind me never to read that
0: well since okay you've Okay, let's about talk about it.
1: Scott Derrickson. Let's 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 talk about Scott Derrickson.
0: Okay. Was supposed to do Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness.
1: Apparently quit over apparently it was amicable. Uh he wanted I think he he wanted the first Doctor Strange to be more dark than it was. Which news flesh, you're you're in you're in the game when you're making a Marvel movie. Uh you
0: can't make what you want. You've got to make But by all what accounts Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness was darker. I haven't watched it, so I don't know.
1: I have seen it. I have seen it. It
0: is darker. It is darker, yes.
1: It's still a fucking Marvel movie at the end of the day though.
0: So I've got Scott Derrickson pulled up. What have you seen from Scott Derrickson?
1: I've seen sinister. How'd you I, sinister. I don't think it,
0: huh? Without going, how do you feel about
1: Sinister? Uh, yeah, just uh,
0: baseline, um, below average. Man, I I want to say I remember liked I remember liking Sinister. Man, you're a hater. Yeah. No, he, no, no. Did no, no, he no. not make a Cormac McCarthy reference for you? Well,
1: not only did he not make a Cormac McCarthy reference for me, he. Also, didn't take pictures with me after a meet and greet. Uh, no, uh, Sinister
0: had its moments. Um, did you that watch, were really high? Did you watch the Exorcism of Emily Rose? Okay,
1: if uh, I was not aware that was Scott Derrickson,
0: uh, neither was I. I thoroughly enjoyed. Exorcism, Emily Rose. I've seen that movie. Okay, what about this one? No, I know you haven't seen this one, because already, we already talked about it earlier. I'm just surprised to see this here. He also directed Hellraiser Inferno.
1: Okay, that was probably a start. That was probably a start into the...
0: Um, He directed a movie called Love in the Ruins. It's, well, it was a short film. He wrote <coughs> Urban Legends Final Cut. Woo! Woo! That's... Dur- Oh, he was the director of The Day the Earth Stood Still.
1: Wait, the Keanu Reeves one?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, that's a paycheck. I mean, yeah. I I haven't seen that movie, but... It was, a, it was movie. a movie. It was a
0: movie. It had credit. I mean, it happened.
1: Yeah. Don't tell me it didn't happen.
0: <laughs> I know it happened. He directed Deliver Us from Evil, which I've never seen. I've heard of it, but... yeah. He did Sinister... Well, he wrote Sinister 2. He didn't direct it. He, I, I've seen both Sinister movies. I haven't seen the second one. Oh, he did a rewrite on Scream 4. Uh, well, kudos to him. Well, that it wasn't Scream 3. Or Scream or 5. Or Scream 5. Yeah. Did, I didn't tell you. I think I told... I uh, mean, Daniel talked about this and we got to talk about this movie at some point, but uh, last tangent before we talk about this movie. So, you know, me, you and Bailey, when you were visiting from Sweden, we went and saw Scream 5. Yeah. And, you know, ba- yeah. you know me and you were like, ah, oh, this movie was garbage. And Bailey's like, I liked it. When she visited, she watched the other Scream movies. And I said, how do you feel about Scream 5 now? She's like, oh, it was the worst. <laughs> <laughs> You're raising your daughter right. (laughs) She's like, I was like, which one was your favorite? She's like, probably the first one. Yeah, of course. So, of course, yeah. There you go. But yeah, so the black phone, Scott Derrickson. Yeah, he did. I mean, so he's done a movie you like. Um,
1: no, and he also did
0: Doctor Strange, and Doctor Strange to me was whatever. I didn't hate it, nor did I particularly enjoy it. It, it wasn't the type of movie I expected. I expected Doctor Strange to do magic, not to be doing kung fu. Well, if
1: I had to, you know, I'd went through a phase, uh, as I'm sure like millions of people did when I got Disney Plus, when it dropped here in Sweden. And I did a rewatch of the Marvel movies, just because I like to spend my time wisely. And um if I had to put Doctor Strange, the first one, in a tier, man, it would be like the bottom third. It would, because it was it reminded me so much of Batman Begins. Um and, and also you had like these great actors and it you know I'm gonna say this about the black phone as well. As soon as we talk talk about it, you have these great actors who just kind of go to waste, like Mads Mikkelsen, you know. Um, who I don't know, but that I I don't blame any director for a, a success or failure on a Marvel movie because that's the machine. You're just in the machine. At that point, like, you have no creative freedom, really. Um, So I don't even put that on him. But in terms of Sinister, there was a lot of elements of Sinister I loved. But the parts I didn't showed up in the black phone tremendously. Like... Uh, unmistakably like the weaker parts of Sinister sort of got illuminated with Black for me
0: well real quick Before we dive into the black phone, let's get the formalities out of the way. And I think, I don't even think we ever like properly introduced this episode. And we are 60 minutes in, 63 minutes in, but no, fucking hey. Oh man, we really need, I really need that file where Olaf's saying very unreasonable things i know uh this would be perfect to put it in at the beginning yeah because now i may have to go back and record something to be like welcome to this episode of very so hey no you don't need to do that i'm about to do it right now okay welcome to this episode of very unreasonable things with billy bone and josh lindsey today we're gonna be today we're gonna be talking about the black phone a film directed by Scott Derrickson based on a short story by Joe Hill. The film stars Mason Thames, Madeline McGraw, Jeremy Davies, James Ranson and Ethan Hawke. The film had a budget of 16 to 18 million dollars and made 154.1 Jeez. million dollars. Wept almighty. 103 minutes. That would be an hour and 43 minutes for those of you that don't like to do math.
1: I don't. I think, thank you for doing that.
0: So, yeah. So, you've already kind of alluded to it, though, in the build up to the talk about the black phone that you didn't like the black phone. I, Actually, you know, I probably should
1: have saw this twice, but this was like an impromptu uh, movie we picked. I probably should have seen it twice. It's so funny though, because um, seeing it so fresh, but also at the same time, like I'm I'm probably going to not remember certain aspects of the movie, but just the emotions that I went through. I remember being like, Okay. Okay, that's interesting. I don't like that. I don't like that. I don't like that. And then when it got to the ending, it was me completely turning on the movie. Which is which is honestly, it's it's you know because we have this podcast, it's kind of fun to have that experience for this podcast. As a, as a movie person,
0: I could have. So, first off, yeah, I just bit the inside of my mouth and it fucking hurts. Okay, I, I got it good too. I can like, I can fill it with my tongue. Eat much? <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, so- bro,
0: do you even listen to Cormac McCarthy? <laughs> Secondly, just a minute, you come into this movie. Prepared to hate it because I told no, you to watch no, 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 no. Because nope, I said, "Hey, nope. watch this movie." You're like, "No, nope. Billy." He suggested something. It immediately instead of the instead of going in with an open mind, you already had the movie graded it at like three no, stars, and no, no, was no, only no, no, going no. down from there. Look,
1: Bone Bone is going to try to paint this picture that is not accurate. Bone has introduced me to stuff that I have gravitated to immensely. Uh, and Bond didn't introduce me to this movie. This movie was
0: there. Like this movie, you just said it grossed a hundred million dollars. Oh no, I just gave you the means to watch it. That's. I didn't mean I introduced you to it. I already. I knew you knew about it. How could you not? It was advertised pretty well. Well, no, I mean I was
1: eventually going to watch it just because it was uh, highly regarded. No, I, th- I was movie. saying
0: that I think you uh, went into it already hating it because I no, previously said that no. I enjoyed it. No, that's that's your um,
1: self-confidence coming out. No, no. There's, there's been plenty of movies you recommended that I loved. And on the flip side, that I didn't dig. Uh, this is one that that's I okay. was actually... I was actually honestly...
0: Baffled by the praises of this one movie. day, I, well, honestly speaking of being baffled by praises, one day we're going to talk about Hereditary and I'll share my thoughts on that,
1: dude. I look, I'm not
0: going to be offended by your opinion. no, it I'm not talking like about you. I'm just talking about like apparently that movie gets a lot of praise, and I'm just kind of like, uh, I, now, granted, I still need to see mid summer or Midsummer, or however you say No, 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 no. Let, let's go back to
1: Hereditary, babe.
0: Hereditary to
1: me is a complete masterpiece. So I am ready to dig in and talk about that movie whenever. I think that movie is, um, should be viewed by everybody.
0: I do. I do. You ever watch Bob's Burgers? That was me doing my Tina, where she just does that low... Okay, bone. Have you seen Bob's Burgers a movie? No, I haven't yet. It's good. Is it's it? good? Yeah, I'd heard otherwise, and so I hadn't watched it yet. No, it's it's Bob's Burgers, but it's a movie. It's good. I haven't it's seen a, I haven't seen the new BB and Butthead either.
1: I haven't either. I, I have no way of watching it um, here in Sweden because. <sighs> We are Diet America, so we get
0: shit a little bit late. <laughs> Diet America. So yeah, the but the black phone. All right, so the black phone is um, it's it's set in 1978, and it's a, oh, Let me see. Oh, let me just give the
1: yeah, just the story.
0: Well, I gotta have to, I have to keep myself from branching off. You know, because I'll, I'll start talking about one thing and then want to start talking about something else. Oh,
1: we're only two hours in. What why, why stop well, now for branching off? Well,
0: that's just me in general, though. So the Black Phone, though, is set in 1978. It's, um, it centers around a child abductor that's called The Grabber, who's been kidnapping <laughs> children that just, you know, come up missing and whatever. And then he ends up kidnapping the main character, and the main character there's a phone on the wall that he can talk into and they give him advice throughout the movie. And eventually he confronts the grabber and escapes. So that's kind of just the gist of the story, but cause I'm interested in, let's just, I guess, start at the beginning. I'm interested in your thoughts on it because you've already said that there's things about it that you just don't like. And that, to me, I guess, is more interesting than why I liked the movie. And I'll tell you why I liked the movie. And, and some of it might even sound stupid as to why I liked the movie, but I want to hear about why you didn't care for it as much.
1: Okay. And, that, and that's a tall ask. Just um, I'll just start off in saying, like, Scott Derrickson, he... He went to the well, one too many times with this movie, with Sinister. He, the things I liked about Sinister, um, compared to the things I didn't like, and I didn't like the scenes. There's a there's a certain scene, to where, um, Ethan Hawke's walking through the house in Sinister, and all these ghosts. are ghost children are doing shit behind him now certain people see that scene and they're like oh that's that's um art or that's scary i found it cheesy and then he he took that and then he doubled down on it with this movie in the black phone. But not only did he double down on it, he at the expense of that, like the grabber, which I mean, let's be honest, it the weakest fucking nickname for a serial killer.
0: I get that, but it's also like it was a name that's given to him by the media, right? Okay.
1: First off, why is he carrying Spoiler alert, he's carrying these black balloons in his van for no fucking reason, nor does it play any part into the story at all.
0: The balloons were there to, like when he grabbed a child to kind of like if somebody was to look, it just looked like he was trying to wrangle his balloons.
1: Okay, yeah, yeah, I get that. I'm just saying like this movie's taking place. Um, they're in peak serial killer American lore. Um, because the cops who are non characters, everybody's a fucking non character in this movie. They have nothing to bring to the story or nothing to bring personality wise, but the cops do say, Oh, we've seen black balloons at the scene of the crime fucking what like wh- <laughs> why would you have black balloons in the first place and and then leave them at the not at the scene of the crime scene of the abduction okay that that's for starters but i do want to reiterate that everybody in this character is a non fucking character even the grabber has there look i love ethan hulk but you know and, and me as a horror movie guy you know there's a part of me who wants to root for the bad guy and it and his character is so goddamn bland and it's not that i need to know anything about his character but i need to there needs to be something he just comes in with a mask and throws eggs on the fucking ground. Okay? If he's not handing eggs, he's throwing scrambled eggs on the ground. Um, and you have some good actors in these. Jeremy Davies, who plays the stereo fucking typical drunk dad who begs for forgiveness towards the end of the movie without any redemption arc whatsoever. You have James... Ransom, who uh spoiler alert, he plays uh the brother to the uh, to the grabber, who when you first int- when you're first introduced to him, he's a coked out uh conspiracy theory guy, which leads to fucking nothing. This movie leads to nothing. And then they introduce child ghosts who also I don't want to say lead to nothing they lead to a very cheesy ending that is so goddamn bad when 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 i saw where it was going it was like i am so checked out on this movie this movie is not good and then on top of that and on top of that and i'm sorry i'm going on a rant now because i did not like this movie uh the main Child actress, uh, Madeline McGraw. All right, and we, she might, did vo- we might agree on something, depending on where you go with this. Oh, well, I mean, I'm being negative so far. Can you guess where I'm going? Uh, and look, I'm not going to. I, I don't want to be so negative on this podcast. Look, this Madeline McGraw <clears throat> will be more successful in her short time on this earth than I will ever be. And she also did the voice of Bonnie and Toy Story 4. She's had a good career. She was so goddamn bad in this movie. Um, I hate to talk shit about a child actor, but anytime she had to emote, it was rough. It was rough for me watching it.
0: So let me jump in real quick on that one with with his sister. So I will say this because I saw online where people were talking about like she stole the show and stuff like that. Oh, I don't that's, think that she stole the show necessarily. I think part of that is is like her character was written as that, and it's I will agree on this. Maybe well I say agree because you didn't necessarily say this. But her character is one of those characters that's written in a way to where it's it's designed to, I guess, be the one you cheer for. So she's the kid that's, you know, talking back to the cops and being foul-mouthed and stuff like that. And it's such a fucking cliche, you know. And she's like, oh, you fucking fart knockers, blah, 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 and stuff like that. And it's. And, you're, and everybody's like oh well, she stole the show No, like no that's just the way that character was written and she was just written to be a smartass and to sass adults and stuff like that I don't think that it was necessarily good acting as much as you're just easily hooked by
1: a child, a child
0: cursing. cursing at adults yeah exactly and I don't think it was necessarily a good character or like a good performance like now when she was getting spanked by her dad I didn't believe trying. that I, yeah. d- I didn't uh, you didn't? No, I thought that was horrible. Mm. Well, I thought she showed more range there than she did when she was you know, I, cussing at the cops. Because like I said, just just like a child cussing, to me, that's... And it's like... Because I think even like the same thing happened in It, right? When they did uh, that, I think it was like uh, Finn, whatever his name is. He, he was yes. mouth mouthed in that movie, and you were like... Oh, he stole the movie. Like a child cussing is what steals the movie for you. No, that's, but... that's all it takes. I, but
1: look, um, when Finn Wolfhard playing Richie in It, like we'll eventually get to It.
0: I don't. Now I'm not talking about the rest of his portrayal. I'm just talking about the fact that like a child. Cussing, no, but which, that like just seems that, to be
1: all it takes. No, I, I believed. Finn Wolfhard in that moment. Her it was almost I mean you can see the acting. You could see the acting in her. Uh and again, I don't I'm not trying to shit on a on a child actor again, like and maybe it's just, you know. I've watched E.T. recently Henry Thomas and you know maybe it's uh, in this particular movie um, and honestly the blame maybe falls on Scott Derrickson because I mean I've seen her her work she's she's prolific but in this movie
0: it did not work well I don't think it's I don't think it's necessarily her as much as it is just like what she was given. It's like, no, I think I, um, there was, cause there's one performance that stands out to me and no, it's, 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 the, it's uh, tough. the, the, the bully who's the friend. Yeah. It's tough criticizing yeah. like, uh, a movie when it has child actors because then you feel like such an asshole, but yeah. Um, Robin, right. That was, I believe this is name. You know, uh, Miguel Robbie. Cazares is yeah, Robbie. But yeah, Robin. His okay. his delivery. Oh, it was, was so bad. Stiff. It was. It was,
1: I mean, and again,
0: it's. Finny, can you help me with math? I'm going to get suspended if I fail. How do you get suspended from failing? You get failed if you fail. I got suspended for skipping school one time which doesn't make any yeah. sense but
1: yeah I mean that doesn't yeah mississippi <laughs> thank you but I don't know like oh my god uh, and then and then you had the scene of like and then there because the script is you you know you take movies at their face value, mm-hmm. and I do not believe. And there are good bad movies. There are movies that you can enjoy, movies you don't enjoy. And in this scene, Robin, like we introduced him, he's introduced twice to our main character. Once while well, he's beating the shit out of somebody, beating the shit out of him. Like world star hip hop, it's going online, you know. Like he beats the fuck out of him, like Kimbo Slice circa 2008. And then the next scene, he takes up for our main character in a bathroom who are not established, they're friends. And then he's like, Come home, you know, can you tutor me? He's like, Yeah. yeah. So then we to take it that the best friends, especially judging from the last ten minutes, which the Oh my god, this movie. It look, I can go on about how this movie sucks. And it does to me, and the more I think about it, like I I I dislike it even more. Boom, please bring some positivity to this podcast because I don't want it to be. Well,
0: so yeah, it's a, I enjoyed the movie. Um, I did, and like I told you before, you watched the movie is it like it's not a perfect movie. There's problems with the movie, but overall I enjoyed it. I think we'll just start with the runtime, um, which may be to some people a detriment, but to me I'm just like you know, hey, cool, an hour and forty three minute movie. I don't have to dedicate three hours of my life to this. Are there things in this movie that could have been more fleshed out? Yeah. Could the characters have been more fleshed out, but then how much does that add to the runtime? How much does that add to the length of the movie? And how much do you get out of that? Um, you know, I don't need to know a whole bout about a whole lot about Benny's friends. Um, yeah. You know, I think that the, the scene in the bathroom established him and Robin as his friends, um, adequately could have been done better. Yeah, I think so, but it was adequate. The, the grabber himself, I know you, you had problems with the grabber, but even then, you know, I think in some cases, less is more, you know, he was grabbing children. Do I need to know why? No. I mean, could you have told me why? Sure. know i don't once again i don't know that it adds anything for me like i said i think sometimes movies just get too long because they feel the need to explain every single thing that happens and and then you just get sensory overload information overload there's too much exposition um
1: okay now if you go if you
0: go in expecting the godfather though then you're going to be disappointed oh jesus christ what are we talking about I'm just saying, no. but if you're no, but if you're like it's an hour and forty minutes, you know, I don't no. think it's horrible. Don't
1: you? You're trying to you're trying to add filet mignon to a McDonald's menu here. Why are you why are you bringing up the Godfather? Look, here's the thing with the grabber. Uh, you got a great actor, um, and Ethan Hawke, but what you gave him to work with.
0: Wasn't good though, and what the else, time he spent else, on screen. What I, else do you need out of him? I guess would be my question. In what do you need? He wasn't menacing,
1: and he wasn't interesting.
0: What would you have done? I
1: well, I mean, fuck, I'm not getting. I don't I mean. I don't know. I mean, I'm. You're asking me to write the movie for them. I'm. I'm judging the movie what they gave me.
0: But I mean, like they established. Like, why he kills people? No. No,
1: why? Why did he kill people?
0: They well, did he not takes, establish he, that. Yeah, they did. They, he takes them, and then he waits for them to become naughty boys. <clears throat> and once they become naughty boys, then he justifies in his mind to kill them.
1: Okay, well, make him more scary than what they did then. They only established that through the ghost kids, which are fucking pointless in this movie. They're, besides but trying to tell him how to escape, which is but they're not so goddamn so
0: contrite. I, I think maybe you misinterpreted that then. And, and, and maybe that's a fault I, of the movie, but it wasn't, I did not I know, misinterpret. I anything. know that it was presented as them telling them how to escape, but it wasn't them telling them how to escape. It was them giving him the tools for the final confrontation for when he stood up for himself. <laughs> Jesus, that's even worse. It's even worse.
1: They're giving him the confidence, not the confidence. You know like
0: everything that they told him, leading up to that played a part into that final confrontation the hole in the ground the freezer the uh, window
1: all that like it all
0: played into that like there was all something there now maybe it could have been fleshed out a little bit more but i think like if you're looking at it as um well like they tried to tell him how to escape and it was all failures i don't think that that was like i know that's how it's presented but that's not what it was it's like okay because at that point, when you when he talks to Robin, he's like, you remember when I told you you to stand up for yourself? That time's coming. You've got to do that today. And like we've given you everything you need. Well, they gave him everything he needs.
1: <laughs> and it was so bad. It, it was so cheesy in how they presented that. And look, I'm not taking anything away from your point. Yes, you're right. I guess the movie did present that. But then you have this scene of each ghost sort of, Presenting themselves to him them, which was so, so bad to me, like so not uh, uh, not even scary, not even the mat uh, them- thematically. I don't even know if I'm saying words correctly now, uh, important of having them show up at all outside of like a cheap fucking scare or jump scare. But then you had Robin, the bully, show up. And then they start practicing his fight moves, which was <laughs> honest to God, like, how do you be like, as a filmmaker, be like, that's fine. We'll keep that in the movie. Because it was so dumb. I thought that was kind of cheesy. I will so agree with that. Step
0: back, step and forward. And it's like, step, step back, back, step forward.
1: Come on. Come on, uh Finny, you've got this in you. And he keeps telling the main character Finny, you got to stand up for yourself. You got to do this. It's like their relationship hasn't been established and like substitute the this sister with these powers that don't really mean a good goddamn in this movie at all except when she calls the cops and all of a sudden the cops believe her and then they storm the fucking house this movie is dumb as shit I'm sorry the more I talk about it man the more the more like and, and then you have the the character of Max James Ranson who is a Scott Derrickson uh, regular. I mean, he's been in a lot of his movies, who's a good actor. And then you have him as this coked-out guy who the cops come to see because they're questioning the neighborhood. And the two cop characters, they give them... There's no personality. There's no, like, character trait, you know. Um... There's no Isaiah Whitlock from The Wire, you know? You know what I'm saying? Like, they're fucking dull as dishwater. They come see Max, who turns out to be the brother, which means fuck all to this movie. I mean, this... Oh, Jesus, this movie. It's It sucks shit, man. And I would love for you to fucking tell me otherwise.
0: Oh, man, wow, I... <laughs> I don't think it's like shit. Uh No, it it does, man. It does because
1: it was made professionally. So Scott Derrickson took what worked in Sinister, the high points, the super eight movies. And then every time there's like cuz this movie's set in 1978, 1979. So every time they try to cut back to a certain flashback a flashback from 1978 or 1979 he's using super 8 film because there's one of these boys who gets abducted and he looks like Peter Frampton mixed with <laughs> goddamn Billy from Super 8 who who let's let's go ahead and just say it everybody in north denver where this movie takes place 80% of these kids are fucking assholes who are wanting to fight. Everybody in this fucking city is looking to be bullies. Or This one kid gets his pinball game fucked up. And this Peter Frampton fucking cocksucker just starts beating the shit out of somebody because he bumped into his fucking Kiss Destroyer pinball <laughs> machine. And then he starts beating the shit out of him. So obviously, he gets. And you don't even. The movie doesn't even tell you. Like, he gets taken by the cops in the flashback, but you never see the grabber take him. Uh, uh, I don't know, man. I'm losing my deductions? That would have been a better movie.
0: Better movie. So I think, you know. It's established there's a grabber. He's taking children. The children aren't coming back. You know, he grabs this child and now we're, we're going through what this child's going through before he would seemingly be killed. And, you know, like I said, he's given the clues by these
1: other kids. Oh no. And then, and then he, he carves, he, this movie's so goddamn stupid. He carves into the kid, this Peter Frampton slash Billy Stranger Things character carves into the kid the street address to where he's going to be abducted because the girl can fucking talk to her dead mother again. Never established what that is about. And, you know, and I'm not, I'm not God damn. And I'm not mad that this movie has questions that doesn't get answered, but zero questions get answered in zero character development. Zero character development. Because even at the end of the movie. Jeremy Davies. Who I love. Plays the father. Who's a drunk. Of course he is. Because it's the 70s. And we're lazy writers. Let's be honest. Uh, he, he begs for forgiveness. To his kids. For no fucking reason. He's like please forgive me. And what do they do? They put their head. On each other's shoulder, because it's been them all along. Ugh. I don't, I don't drunk and mad because this movie's fucking. It, it's not good. It's not a good movie. You, you, you have let me go off on a tangent here, and I love you for that. Well, it's moment. not a
0: tangent. I mean, you're talking about the movie. I mean, the tangent was the hour before we started talking about this movie.
1: No, I know. and I didn't even know like if I would be like. If I would have enough to say about this movie, because honestly, it's a movie that you hit it and forget it, you know? And because like I watched it last night, if we'd have done this podcast three weeks from now, I'd be like, I don't know, man. This it's a fucking movie. But because it's so fresh, it, like the wound's still fresh that I wasted my time on this bullshit.
0: Mm. Yeah, you know, like I said, yeah, I, I I have a different opinion on you. i I enjoyed the movie i like I said, there's oh, there's I mean, I can like all the things you say I think are all valid things, but I also think like sometimes movies are they add too much, they put too much in there, and they become so full of themselves and they're like, oh, hey, look at me, like hereditary, you know, look at me, I'm so pretentious, and sometimes you don't need three hours of all that shit. I mean the movie could have been, and I'm like I said, not a perfect movie. I think this, I agree with you about the sister character. I think the sister character was annoying. I think it's just that, uh, like prototypical like uh, foul mouthed kid that just talks to adults however they want, which, you know, pretty sure didn't fucking happen all the time. Like they tried to make out like in these movies. I was a child in the eighties and had to get snatched up and beat to death for talking to an adult like that. Um, but you know i i don't need all the backstory with the grabber i you know what they gave me was enough you know it's it's a movie i can watch in an hour and a half and be done with it um it you know it gives me like it's been established okay here's this character he's grabbing children he's killing children children are come out missing the brother gets grabbed now i do agree like with the uh psychic shit with the sister that doesn't really go anywhere seems kind of pointless probably just a carry over from the short story um maybe it's paid off better in the short story i don't know maybe it pays off better with the father who's you know because it seems like the mother killed themselves because of that or something that part like i said i guess not enough to make me hate the movie but yeah like and then her talking to the cops i mean Ultimately, they go to the wrong house, and I guess that's to give you like hope. I, I don't even understand that. Can can we flesh that out? Well, I'm I'm assuming it was designed to give you hope that like the cops will get there in time to save them, and then it's like, oh, they went to no, the wrong well, no, house. No,
1: well, no, Max was going. Max, that's his brother. Yeah, and he said initially to the cops, but he so Max lied. Because initially to the cops, Max, who was the grabber's brother, said he's house-sitting for his brother. And then Max sees a door, which leads him to the basement, which leads him to Finney, who's the main character. And then he gets his head caved in by the grabber, Ethan Hawke's character. But when Finney shows up to the cops, who raided the house that Gwen, the sister, pointed him to, who showed up on the opposite side of the street. What's that?
0: Can you make... Hold on. Who showed up on the opposite side of the street?
1: Finney, the kidnapped kid. And then he told the cops he's in the basement.
0: Well, there was two houses.
1: Yeah. Can you explain that to me?
0: I I guess I'm opposite side
1: of the street opposite of the street.
0: Well, the house that he was in was the one that they were at the house that she kept seeing in her dreams was the house where the kids were buried. So this, okay. And it may be that this is their, like their last recollection or whatever, you know, that's, Okay, that's never – You would think – well, I'm just saying, like, if you were kidnapped and you don't know where you're at, and then once you die, you kind of know where you're at, and you're buried, And then I don't know. I don't know how being a ghost (laughs) works. I'm not a – you know, I'm not Egon Spangler. So uh, I'm assuming it's because that's where their bodies died, so that's the address – or not where they died, but where they were buried, so this is their final resting place. But, yeah, he had rented the house or owned the house across the street. Uh,
1: okay, we'll do some warm ups, babe, before you do that stretching there, because we're stretching it there. Because I just thought there was an underground tunnel, because it just seemed like people under the stairs type shit. <laughs> honestly, because there was so much room underneath that house to have it, a, a it toilet, was
0: a big basement. It
1: was another house underneath that house. Yeah,
0: because it was a basement and then a fucking storage area with a freezer. Yeah. But,
1: okay. On top of... Hang on, what? God damn it, I lost it. it. It was another point of contention, if you can believe it, with this movie that I had. I can't think of it. I'll think of it the more we keep talking. Uh, No, I can't. It's drawing a blank. It's drawing a blank right now. Yeah. Okay, but (laughs) no, no, no. You be Mr.
0: Positive here, please. I mean, I just. I don't even I'd know go hard how, on this movie. I don't even know how I can like counteract all that because you know one like generally I you know I take <coughs> notes when I do these to kind of like you know, oh yes thoughts, I remember sorry babe sorry me, sorry. sorry you didn't give me that opportunity this week
1: I, 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 I love you and let me just say it before I forget it uh, the movie opens up you know 1978, 1979. I forget Northern Denver. And it opens up with a baseball game and, you know, they're trying to present the seventies in a way that honestly kind of fails in my opinion. But our main character is pitching a game and he's throwing a fucking heater to this batter and he's got him down two strikes And he throws one inside, and the batter takes it deep. He fucking knocks a home run, game over, I guess, bottom of the ninth, I guess. And at the end of the game, the player comes up to him, and he's like, your arm is mint. Okay. Okay. Well, this player obviously gets abducted by the grabber because he's grabbing every kid that this main character knows, everyone. And towards the end of the movie, when he's when this main character Finney, is killing him, and the black phone is a magical phone that ghost kid ghosts can talk to. I mean, it's so fucking stupid. Just talk, saying it out loud. This kid goes through giving him advice. It's it's redunk. So he's got the phone and he's disconnected the phone and he's put dirt in the receivers to fight the grabber.
0: Jesus. This movie's. It's giving it extra weight, Josh. Yeah, I know. I get it. And while he's killing. Are you guys something against, against physics also?
1: <laughs> and so while he's killing Ethan Hawke, the phone rings. While the phone's obviously unplugged, and it's all the kids. Well, I hey,
0: newsflash: the phone wasn't ringing before because it was plugged in. Ghost children can't make real phone calls.
1: Okay, which I think you're making my point for me. Um, and so it, the the very last line before he kills Ethan Hawke was. He, uh, Finny, your arm is mint. Ugh. And that's when the theater's supposed to stand up and applaud, I guess, because that's goddamn, that's a cheering moment, right? Anyway, Bone, tell me why you love this stupid fucking movie.
0: <laughs> well, every time I try to speak, you're just like, let me tell you why I hate it some more.
1: <laughs> I do, I do. I, I, I really dislike this movie the more we
0: keep talking about it. Mm, that's odd. I just, I didn't figure you'd, I figured you'd have enjoyed it, but I guess I was wrong.
1: You know what this reminds me of? You know what movie this reminds me of? Summer of
0: 84. Oh, that was a movie I really wanted to like and didn't care as much for. Yep. 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 Yeah. I probably need to rewatch that. But no, like I said, man, it's just... It's a simple movie that's not too elaborate, you know, and sometimes that's... No, like, but it was trying to be elaborate. It's trying to be elaborate. I don't think it was. Like I said he got Are calls, you kidding me? He, he got calls from ghost children that told him what he thought were means to escape, which in reality were you know, means to fight back. And then the final thing that he was given before he talked to Robin was the trigger for the grabber to kill him because the grabber was never going to let him go. Right. I think we can agree on that. Even though he said he was going to let him go, he wasn't going to let him go. So once he has all these tools to, to have this fight with the grabber, if he never is a naughty boy, then it never happens because (sighs) the grabber just lets him sit in the basement because he hasn't broken the grabber's, he hasn't crossed rules. the line with the grabber that the grabber has set for himself to justify killing his children. So yep. at this point, once he has all these things, you know, well, hey, now we need you to, we're not going to, because if we tell you like, hey, you've got to do this to make him come at you, you'll never do it. Um, You know, if the grabber is not in this state of mind where he's super frustrated with you to kill you, then maybe he doesn't make the the mistakes that allow you to beat him. Yeah, you know, so not saying it's the most well put thing, together thing there is, but like it adds up. And I think it's, an, you know, for the most part, it's an enjoyable movie. Like I said, there's parts of it that you know, I don't care for. I don't I'd like by no means am I saying this is an A plus. You know, and I don't think anybody is. Um, I also don't think it's as bad as you think it is but once again that's your opinion this is my opinion um you know it's it kind of exists in this space and i think it's a decent movie you know it's fun to watch and it's i don't know if it's something i go back and revisit like multiple times but i didn't hate it when i watched it i enjoyed it and i mean like and i know you were like you know, bitching about the grabber. But I mean, I think even like Ethan Hawk's performance as a grabber was, you know, was fine. I,
1: again, um, it's fine. It's fine. You have Ethan Hawke, let him shine. Like, it, I think with another writer and director, like, he's probably given more to do, honestly. Um, and, and that's this, and I think with a better writer director, the detectives are more than just background characters. I think the sister. Um, I think that side plot, which is so silly, can be fleshed out more. Um, she has these visions, these dreams, and. I don't know, like, this movie could have been better if you had leaned into The Grabber. And you didn't. You didn't. At the end of the day, you didn't lean into The Grabber. I mean, first off, his name is The Grabber.
0: Well, he was grabbing children, Josh. What you want him to be called?
1: I don't know. Anything else. <laughs> Anything else. Uh Could you imagine, like, being a serial killer in the 70s and being really good at your job? Like, really good. And then your nickname is The Grabber. I mean, look, I'm The Grabber every time baby mama and my daughter leave the house. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) You know I mean? (laughs) I don't know. This... uh, And th- uh, let's skip over the part to where uh, the kid actually does escape. And instead of running in any direction, he decides to run straight down the sidewalk. Like none of these ghost kids told him to duck inside a yard. <laughs>
0: Once again, I think it, and although it's not explicit, because I thought about that when he tried to escape, and, you know, when I think about it more, you know, even though it's not explicitly said, once again, I think it just goes back to like these kids, ultimately, these ghost children want the grabber to be stopped and they want, like, him to die. And that's
1: only established one time, though. And in in all uh, fairness, in the script, that's.
0: But, it's they, established. but they want this to happen through Finn. Finn escapes. That doesn't happen. Hell, there's a chance that, like, if Finn escapes, that this guy is like, "Oh shit, I got to pack up and leave," and he's gone, and you never get any kind of comeuppance on him.
1: Okay, okay, Bo, well, let's uh, let's wind this down, babe. What's the MVP? Or who's the MVP? If you're given an award,
0: Bones award, who is it to this movie? Wait, I thought you said that I didn't know it had to be an MVP. I thought you just said you could we could give an award on whatever we wanted to give it on.
1: Yes, yes, that's what I mean. Bones most valuable player. It's it's whatever, Bone. Don't don't get silly on me now. It's Bones Award. This is special to the person who gets this.
0: I'm going to say a movie that's under an hour and 45 minutes. Uh, like a lot of movies tend to run long nowadays. A lot of movies tend to be bloated um, and they get full of themselves and they want to be too clever or too whatever and then too pretentious. Because they're too busy seeking critical praise instead of actually being enjoyable. I don't even
1: know what you're talking about at this moment.
0: Wait, is this is this me talking or is this you?
1: No, but you're, you're trying to you're trying to throw pot shots at something.
0: But no, I'm just saying there's a lot of movies that get too bloated. There's a lot of times where they just drag on too far and you're just kind of like, when's this going to end? So even though the movie has faults, I do think that like I like the... Idea of keeping it like 90 or 103 minutes or whatever, you know, and it not being too long.
1: There's well, some movies,
0: I, there's some movies I think that need to be longer. There's some movies I think that need to be shorter. Like, I think Prometheus could have been a little bit longer. I think that movie needed to be fleshed out a little bit more. Uh, this movie, I mean, I don't know so that adding another 10 or 15 minutes to this movie would have made it any better. So, I like the fact that the movie's under, you know, an hour and 45. I mean, you can get in, and get out you have a a decent viewing experience and then you move on. Go do something else. So who's your MVP? The editor? I didn't know I had to name a person. You just told me whatever I wanted and now you're telling me I'm going to have a person. No. So
1: your MVP is the runtime. Your
0: award goes to the runtime to this movie. I don't know at this point. I don't know what you're expecting of me.
1: I'm, I'm expecting an answer.
0: <laughs> I gave you an answer and you didn't
1: like it. No. Okay. Bones MVP is the runtime. Bones award for the Black Phone. Not a performance. Not a cinematographer.
0: It's the runtime. Okay. I think they had a. You know, just a little quick, concise story that they fit in there. Once again, movies can be bloated.
1: Oh, Jesus. That's the most damning praise you can give to a movie. This movie was able to be edited enough for Bone not to check his phone, which I'm sure he did still. Okay, uh, my MVP is whoever designed the poster to this movie my award goes to because you know what Fucking that top talk, hat
0: talk about me but then you're just like eh, whoever made the poster
1: no because there's nothing in this movie that I can recommend well, there's I a mean, the poster I, I would love to recommend uh, like I
0: made a poster
1: it's the best part of this movie is the poster Because you know what? You never see Ethan Hawke in this top hat that you see in the poster.
0: Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. When he grabs Finn, he's wearing it.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. This flash cutting.
0: Hey, pay attention to the movie, bro.
1: Oh, yeah. When Finney's like, why do you have all those black balloons? To let the audience know this is the fucking grabber. Yeah. Okay. it's it's shown one time and he's like, I'm a magician for two seconds. He drops an egg. Oh, sweet Jesus. Yeah. Whoever designs this poster is the MVP because I think it got a lot of people excited for a movie. (laughs) Okay. What do you rate this?
0: no 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 you go first oh yeah I'm a uh, girl have this this podcast end with you just taking a big long shit
1: well I think this podcast has pretty much been just one big long shit hey do you like Uh, yeah it's it's honest honestly it's one star the more I think about it like Wow. It is. It is. I
0: Wow.
1: I did not enjoy this movie at all and you know normally faults with a movie like this come up second third watch. For me it was so surface level. Um I. It's hard. It's hard to rate this movie one star because when you tell me that certain people are involved, Ethan Hawke, um, Jeremy Davies, you know, um, the actor who I do like, James Ransom, who is completely wasted. Like everybody's wasted in this movie, and the time. That's taken from their talents is given to child ghosts who I do not give a fuck about at all. And I think bring the movie down. Yeah, I I, I do not see the appeal in this movie at all.
0: I don't. It's a coming of age story, Josh in a basement. And he gave the kid yeah, confidence. Yeah, John Wayne Gacy had a lot of those. It gave the kid confidence afterwards to be able to talk to the girl in his science class.
1: Oh, Jesus. It's we a, didn't even talk about that last scene. It's Again. a love story. Again. Like, what are we doing? What are we doing?
0: Man. Wow. You're such a hater. No, I... I, I, I there was a part of me um, that figured you wouldn't like it, but I didn't think you'd go one star. But you were, yeah. The right? more you were full nah, on Josh today.
1: No, the more I think about this movie, like nothing worked. Nothing worked. Nothing. Nothing worked for this movie, and they tried. And that's the difference when you watch a a B movie. You know what are you going for? Do you accomplish it? What this movie went for. It failed tremendously. You know, you watch Toxic Avenger. That's a movie that you know what it is. And it, 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 it accomplishes it. This movie does not accomplish anything. Full on Josh. I don't like it
0: <laughs> uh well I mean we we obviously disagree on this i I enjoyed the movie um <clears throat> I think it you know did what it needed to do you know it's pretty straightforward it's not too clever for its own good like I said there's flaws with the movie I think yes what I, I see you've got something to say even though you've talked for like 85 percent of the time while we're talking about this movie go ahead
1: No, i was just gonna say no one else movie had
0: accomplished what it set
1: out to do was chopping mall, which is infinitely better.
0: Anyways, as I was saying, I mean it set out it, it told the story it wanted to tell. It did it um pretty compactly. It I I know you said it didn't do anything, but like I said, it was like It was a kid who had no confidence through this traumatic experience, gained confidence. You know, however you get to that, like I get that it wasn't explained how these kids are talking to this through this phone. Sometimes you don't need that. You don't need an explanation for everything. You don't I don't need an
1: explanation for it. I just need you
0: to do it better. It sounds to me like you want an explanation for everything, and that made the movie like five hours long. We need the backstory of the grab, or why is he grabbing children? You know what's going on with this? What's going on with that?
1: And you need so, you need something to lean on to, and this movie leaned on to nothing.
0: You don't need all that all the time. Um, sometimes you just need a movie to be able to watch and enjoy. Get off your high horse, Josh. You know.
1: Certain movies, they're gonna be presented as a certain thing.
0: Look, the movie and didn't what, try to have like any kind of like secret hidden message that you had to try to decipher or anything like that. Like I said, it was a kid's name. Yeah, what
1: you just said, it was like a kid trying to gain confidence. It and wasn't hidden to that overcome. Was, no, that was, it was you are right, it was not hidden at all. Like, there was no subtext would, to this movie. Would it have made
0: you feel better if you would have had to try to, like, rack your brain to figure that out afterwards?
1: Look, if... if Would if you, you have you felt gonna, better about the movie
0: if it... If you're
1: going to be below the surface, man, like, you need to... You need into your it.
0: movie to, like, have hidden meanings that nobody knows. That way, when you do figure it out, you can feel like you're smarter than everybody else. Ah, you see, bone, this is...
1: This is why I think when it's just me and you, and there's a movie that we disagree about, and I think this is the only movie we've disagreed about. Honestly, that me and you have done by ourselves. But this is the first time me and you have disagreed with like a movie like this. So I understand and that's the reason why I want to watch Hereditary, because I want to be on the other side of the love fest.
0: I want to be... Well, you've never said, let's, hey, let's do Hereditary. Oh, shit.
1: I, look, you, my love for Hereditary is unabashed. I mean, we could do it whenever. I mean, I think that movie's a 10 out of 10 masterpiece. I, I honestly think that that movie is a masterpiece. So I think other whenever you're ready to talk about it.
0: But yeah, like you I like I said I don't I I think the movie just it's a movie and it does what it sets out to do and uh, like I said you don't have to be like super clever all the time. Everything doesn't have to be like No, you know, it super, doesn't. It doesn't. Can I finish a sentence, sir? Yes, but
1: you're trying to make it out
0: like I'm... Uh, no, I'm trying to tell you why I enjoyed the movie. I know why you okay. didn't enjoy the movie. You told me. I'm just telling you why <laughs> 85 I- minutes. Okay,
1: yeah. Minutes. I'm sorry.
0: Now I'm trying to tell you why I enjoyed the movie. I'm drunk. I'm sorry. Yeah, so Go. it's... Like I said, it's not a perfect movie. I'm not saying it's, you know, five out of five or four out of five or anything like that. What I'm saying is I don't think it's as horrible as you thought it was. And, you know, if you didn't like it, that's fine. I mean, we don't have to like the same movie. But I you know, and maybe for the reasons you disliked it, I liked it. I don't need every movie to be that movie. Um, you know, like I said, I think there is, a, I said, I think there is a story there. I think, you know, like I said, you know, it's a kid that doesn't have confidence, you know, who's been beaten down by an abusive father. He doesn't stand up to, um, you know, bullies at school. He doesn't stand up to. And through this, you know, I mean, it's not fleshed out at the end of the movie. I mean, I'll give you that. And, it's it's not fleshed out. So, like, you just, your only, your only insight into him gaining this confidence to go through life is when he talks to the girl. And so from that, you have to extrapolate that maybe things are going to change at home. Maybe things change with bullies and stuff like that. But still, like, it was there. Once again, I'm not saying it's perfect. I would say three out of five. That's where I'd fall on it.
1: Okay. Okay. Can we just admit that in northern Denver in 1978 or 1979, I I don't know the year. It doesn't matter. Peter Frampton was big. (laughs) Whenever Peter Frampton was big, in northern Denver... The bullies just kept coming, even after one died.
0: (laughs) Uh, I I did think okay, so I will I'd say that I think like after his uh, friend got abducted and they were beating his ass, that seemed kind of like man, that's kind of extreme.
1: I mean, they are rampant. The bullies
0: in this fucking and I do I do feel like you know that the the fight scenes with the bullies. (laughs) Probably went too far because you know I was in a few fights when I was younger and I don't remember any fight going like that extreme. I don't remember people getting smashed in the head with rocks or you know just whatever. Else. Like what happened to the kid in the store? What'd he do to him? Oh yeah, he carved on him with his fucking switchblade that the kid pulled on him. He
1: carved on him again. The number of the house that he was being adapted but to. But I assume that movie. that just
0: happened, like, in her vision. I don't think that happened no, in real life.
1: Again, in it's... Life, but. No, I, again, this movie doesn't... No, I, I agree that this probably happened in her vision because she gets in the
0: cop car with him. Oh, my God. But she does smash uh, that kid in the head with a rock, you know, which I felt like was kind of far for just a regular fight. No,
1: and... And in that scene, like, uh, the two other kids are, like, pummeling the shit out of him. The one kid who gets his head smashed in. And to anybody who's not seen the movie, I know this is going to sound fucking Greek. Uh, he, he, gets, he gets his head smashed in by that sister. He goes and puts his back up to a fence because he's fucked up. He's bleeding out of the side of his head. And then the sister gets fucked up. And she goes and says, bomb and then they share this look <laughs> that goes nowhere, and it means nothing because this movie means nothing. Again, uh, I didn't think I was going to be this negative on this movie. It, it it pisses me off. This movie, the more I think about it, it does. It does. I'm sorry.
0: I'm and sorry. I, I'll go back to this real quick too, before we finish this up, but just as far as like all the different uh, child ghosts talking to him. And I know I've said this before. I just want to further elaborate on it. Like at no point do I think any of the advice that was given to him by these ghosts was for him to escape. Because if you look at everything he did, none of those things were even close to him being able to get out. Right? Like when he pulled up the tile and started digging, that was going nowhere. This dude wasn't digging a tunnel out. Like this is fucking Alcatraz. Uh what about the combination lock though what what, once again i think that was just a trigger to set in motion the final chain of events after he had the tools he needed i mean i hope you're warming up because you're stretching there on that (laughs) and then plus once he killed the grabber he needed to be able to get out of the house okay now, I mean, that's I, it. That's it. That's but it. You're, I do right. Think, You're right. I do think that, like I said, like, you know, if he never breaks the rules that the grabber has set to, for him to kill, be able to kill the child, then the kid just sits down there in the basement. Yeah. <sighs> because, they, because they didn't tell him to try to escape until, you know, he had done all these other things, right? He had dug the hole. He had pulled the cord out of the wall, you know, he had like the meat freezer, whatever. Then, you know, it's like, Hey, try to escape. And then it's all right. Here's a, here's Robin telling you how to fight with his phone. Like we've given you everything you need. Now you got to stand up for yourself. Yeah. It's like some Jedi training. It's like when he sent Luke into the cave to confront himself.
1: No. No, you know what, Ball?
0: Who was in the writer right. outfit.
1: You're right. Empire Strikes Back is just like the Black Phone. You're right. <laughs> well, I
0: know, it is I know you, just like it. I know you hate Star Wars now, so. No, I'm
1: still a fan of the originals. And I think Empire is.
0: Pretty much flawless, so. I'm surprised you said that I was waiting for you to just take a big old shit on it, too. No, not
1: the originals. Not the originals. I do think A New Hope is overrated, but Empire is... That's a classic. How do you feel about the Ewoks? Again, I don't mind them, but at the time I was young enough to, I was young enough to where I'm like, oh, you know, if I was like 16, yeah, maybe I'd have a different
0: opinion. Well, I but think I grew up like, with a, them. I, like after I listened to the episode of We Hate Movies or We Love Movies, when we were talking about Return of the Jedi and we were just talking about the Ewoks being, you know, carnivores, like they're killing people and eating them. Like that makes sense. Do you think they are? Well, didn't they have uh, Luke and him over a fire? They did. They were about to roast him, man. Yeah, they did. Yeah. I mean, I'd have probably took the clothes off first, but. Not very good
1: at cooking, are they? No. Could you imagine putting a cow in a skirt? (laughs) (laughs) Just just
0: not peeling the leather off of it or the skin off of it? Yeah. Maybe the yeah. Ewoks know something we don't, though. Possibly. But yeah. All right. So that's the black phone. Josh hated it. <laughs> I enjoyed it. We have differing opinions. You, you really liked it. You really liked it. I mean, you I love it, it. You want to marry it. it give <laughs> it three out of five. I don't know how to. You love really it. loving it. But I did enjoy it. I think it's worth watching. What do you Josh? give, Pray. What do you give, Pray. Well, that's a. Another episode did we just be no it's away. not we, we won't live that long enough to cover predator oh either. no i haven't i haven't thought about like a score on prey i enjoyed prey um but we may get around to predator and talk about those movies so we'll save that but you, you got any fucking final th- nobody's going back to the this you got me right now final thoughts man up. you got Show any final thoughts stones. you got any final thoughts on the black phone yeah, you you don't have any balls to say which you rate prey. This episode isn't about prey. This episode's about the black phone. You got any thoughts on the black phone?
1: Again, bone has zero testicles. Do
0: I have any? Just fucking off the top of your head, what's prey? I don't know. Just we're not talking about God. prey right now. Jesus, Love,
1: don't, Just tell me a fucking. Rating. <laughs>
0: okay. Pray aside, any final thoughts on the black phone?
1: Yeah. Uh, I, I would love somebody to watch it and then let me know if I'm wrong or right. Uh, you're not going to convince me otherwise. i just love to hear somebody's opinion because um, I don't think from the people I follow, other podcasters who are slightly... More successful than us uh, They loved it Or they liked it And I'm curious Is as other people's opinions uh, Because yeah This movie Isn't for me Neither is Scott Derrickson You know I had a problems with Sinister Like the best parts of Sinister Was the uh, The homemade movies um, And I didn't really care for Doctor Strange, but that's not really Scott Derrickson. That's more Marvel. Yeah, I, I'm curious. I'm curious as to what other people feel about this movie, because I'm, I know I'm negative on it, for a reason. But yeah, that's that's it. Yeah, fuck this movie though.
0: <laughs> All right. yeah, I I'd, I'd say watch the movie. I'm curious as to what you thought too, um, and why you disagree with Josh. So let us know or why you disagree with me. Although I feel like I'm more midline. Josh is just like staunchly in the camp of this movie. Sucks. So um, that's it on the black phone though. Thank you everybody for listening.
1: And yeah. We love you as always. If you're listening, you know, you're cute. You got a cute ass and um, fuck the NFL and fuck Deshaun Watson.
0: <laughs> All right. Bye.